Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. This is your sound. This is the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network at UBNRadio.com. to the Larry H Show. Hey, thank you guys for hanging in there with me. I did some repeats there, and I got some good response from you guys from repeating the shows. Uh, I was just on the East Coast. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little bit of frog in my throat, as they say uh, back in the day. Hey, man, you got a frog in your throat. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be talking about metaphors and allegories, and so this is a good way to start out with me uh, with a frog in my throat. You know I don't have a frog in my throat. <clears throat> but, uh, this is going to be a challenging show today, and uh, I got to start off uh, like I do when I do these How Do We Get Here shows. And today, the show is going to be How Do We Get Here and, and the way we have treated uh, the gay community and homosexuality. Um, so, but first, let me do this. Let me send out my prayers to the, um, the people in Florida. That's a pretty nasty accident, so I, I don't have any numbers on how many people have lost their lives just yet. Uh, so the best we can do is cross our fingers and, and pray that, uh, you know, people come out uh, as safe as possible, healthy as possible, and hopefully those that do survive are not um, physically damaged for life that they can't walk or move around properly on their own. Because, you know, when you get crushed, my God, there's so many things can happen and you can survive a crushing and still um, not ever get over with broken spines. And you know the story. So uh, that's just kind of on my heart. So uh, my prayers go out to those families and um, people that's, that's caught into this accident. Anyway, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get into this. And I know some of you are going to say, Larry, we'd like for you to get to the meat of the story. But in addressing this conversation, this statement about uh, the gay community and how do we get here in treating the gay community, uh, in a, especially in the United States, and I, I can't speak for other countries necessarily. Uh, in some cases, it's going to tie in there. So be just a little bit patient with me here. And one of the things that I like to start off, how do we get here show, because a, a lot of the times I got to address your religion and your culture 
and your environment. And so, and this is not easy for a lot of people. And so you ask yourself this question, well then how do we get here? How do we get to the point that you didn't want a gay to adopt children? How do we get here to the point that we, uh, many, you know, um, young kids are killing themselves, committing suicides in mass numbers because of their homosexuality and their gayness that they don't know how to face or don't have the right family member to support them. And, you know, men and women have mutilated their bodies because they didn't have the support system to help them to be who they are. And how, how even in our politics, where you didn't want a gay to have the, the, the same vote per person, uh, the power of the vote, or you didn't want, and we, we, and I say we as a nation, because I've never done anything um, malicious to anyone or a gay person, but I too fall in, under the, that heading or that, that, that level that I didn't understand. And I'm not saying that I understand what it's like. So, oh, let me just say this. Before some of my friends and relatives look at this, this is not old Larry coming out as gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> so this is not a coming out party. <laughs> and, 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 and on top of that, and then I don't want my gay friends to say, well, Larry, why should you have to explain it? Because I want to explain it. I, I look, if I'm going to tell this story, I'm going to tell it my way. But no, this is not a coming out party, so don't get, don't worry. <laughs> and plus, don't no gay man want me anyway because I'm a fool. <laughs> but anyway, and don't worry, if I was gay, I'd be the most flaming one out there, so I wouldn't even hide it. So, But no, you know, so really, I had to throw that out there. But then when I look at, and, I, and, and when I was asked to do this uh, by some friends of mine, I said, well, Larry, you've done the story on how do we get here with the mistreatment of women, and we've done the story on how do we get here, the hatred and mistreatment of black people. And I, and I, I, I put it out there, I said, well, Give me uh, a story that you guys want me to do on and how do we get here. And five people said, hey, Larry, do a story on the gay community. And, and I'm going to touch upon some stuff here that is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And, and once again, I want to say this. Oh, yikes here. I am not trying to tell you to believe nothing I say. In fact, I ask you, don't believe nothing I say. Go do your homework and go look it up. Go look it up, and you'll see for yourself. I give you, and as you see, you'll see me looking at some notes today, and I generally don't do notes. I pretty much shoot from the hip. But there's a few things here that I'm going to uh, have to look at a couple of notes here because I, can, I, I take this very serious when someone requests that I do one of these How Do We Get Here shows. And I really, um, and so... And how do we get here? First of all, let me start this by saying now, uh, those you got to go to these Bibles. You got to go to the religion and trace back how do we get here. And one of the things that we, I was forced to look at, and I had to go to the most popular Bible of all, the King James Version of the Bible. And then, and let me show you something here about the King James Version of the Bible. Now, inside the King James Version of the Bible, I want you to remember what I'm saying here. Uh, 
that um, Paul said that these things is an allegory. Um, and then Jesus said that he spoke to the disciples and the people in parables because those that had eyes could not see and ears could not hear because they couldn't hear it on their hearts. And this is Jesus saying that I had to speak in parables. And in Palms, God said that he speak in parables and in dark places and metaphors. Now, so I got to tell you this because this is going to end up being hurtful to some people, and I don't want to hurt anybody. But I'm going to have to use your Bible, the religious Bible of the King James Version, in order to address how do we get to the point that we mistreat the gay community. And I'm sorry, I'm not the one that created it, and, and I'm not the one that wrote this in your Bible. So now you go look up what Paul said about allegories. You go and look up what Jesus said about um, he had to speak in metaphor. And that's all he spoke in, metaphors and uh, parables. That's, that's, that was his whole thing. So, and remember, you still think the sun come, rises and the sun set. That is an allegory. You, you talk about Uncle Sam, your government. Uncle Sam is not a man walking around with a big old red cap and stuff. That's an allegory. Okay. So now let's look at this. How do we get here from this King James Version of the Bible? Now, I'm going to go right into this thing now. And we know what we've done to the gay community. We know uh, that, we've, that, that they've been murdered. They've been slaughtered. They've been tortured. They've been mistreated. Um, even to this day. So, but let's go, and let me start with, I, I have a note here for you, and I'm not that used to, I'm going to put on my, my, my not-so-handsome man glasses. See, these are my handsome man glasses. Now I'm going to put on this, this uh, reading man glasses. Now watch this. Um, and I want you guys to look this up. And this is, comes on Alex Julia Papaya's Law. This is the ancient Greek law. Come out in about 920 or 915 or something like that. And this was before 1611, before King James. Now, that law says, uh, the Alice Julia, uh, that's P-A-P-I-A. Uh, Alice Julia, P-A-P-I-A law. And the book digests 50.16.128. And the designation term uh, was eunuch. And in ancient Greece and ancient Rome, eunuchs are what we now call homosexuals. Eunuchs. Remember this. And those of you that might need a little help with that word is uh, E-U-N-U-C-H. And in that law is stated in ancient Greek that there was three types of eunuchs and there was a eunuch that was made eunuch by man and and that means he was castrated mutilated and butchered so he could look over the harem and the old boy didn't have to worry about the eunuch tapping into his harem because he, he wanted all of them to be virgin so they chose these slaves or these guys and they castrated them and butchered their bodies 
and made them eunuchs. And then their second eunuch under this law, um, and I think that would be, like I said, digest uh, 50.16.128. And the second eunuch was the eunuch under the Greek law that was uh, chose to be a eunuch. And that eunuch, uh, by choice, did it for the church, so did it for religious reason a vow of celibacy and decided that, hey, I don't want none, so I'm going to do it for the church. And that's the second unit. And then under the same law, it said there's a natural unit. And the natural unit, once again, eunuchs is what we call homosexuals and gays today. There was no word homosexual. There was no gay. They were called eunuchs. These three types of eunuchs on Alexander, I mean, af, uh, yeah, after Alexander the Greek went into ancient Egypt and they set up uh, the Greek laws and honor Titus. And honor when Titus was in, was in, was uh, uh, the emperor. And this was the law. Now, here's the interesting thing. The natural eunuch under the Greek law, I want you to go look this up, they could inherit land, they could inherit estates, um, money, uh, farm, cattle, whatever their partners had, they could inherit it. Whether it was a lot of time they had wives and they could inherit what the wife left for a lot of time, the, you know, so they had, and, and under this law, and this is very interesting about that, and it said under this law that the natural eunuch had all the rights uh, and duties, all the rights and duties of an ordinary man. The eunuchs and gays of that time, they could get married, married, they could inherit, uh, they could be the heir of estates, and, and, uh, and they could adopt children. Now, I didn't write this. Go ahead and look this up. And so then you ask yourself, well, how did we come from there to treating uh, the gay community the way we treat the gay community? How, what happened that once they had all of these rights as the ordinary citizen, and when you go look up this Alex law, in this ancient Roman law, you'll find that when they start to talk about the rights of a eunuch, they no longer in that law called a mutilated man a eunuch. They said a butchered man or a man that no longer is uh, engaged in sex because of his uh, religious belief. But the natural eunuch had all of the rights of an ordinary citizen, and he had all the duties of an ordinary citizen. So how do we get to the point now, I mean, in, in modern time, that they were butchered, uh, they were uh, discriminated against, and they were... Uh, uh, even to this day, you have, there was a terrible story. I can't go on with all of these stories, but there are so many. Like this one kid, Matthews, oh, my God, I can't think of his name. And that really touched my heart a few years ago where they found him, uh, guys had left him against the fence. But the gay community, you, you guys write me and tell me more about some of the horrific things that you've gone through. 
and um, and maybe I can move move more and more into this story because on all of these stories, I really want to get to help people to 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 understand where this came from. So now, how did we get here? Well, I have to go to the King James version of the Bible. Now, once again, now some of you guys are gonna be uncomfortable with me, but I just um, I have to tell the truth. And I wrote a note here because, um, you know, I'm still kind of used to just bouncing off the chest, so to speak. Now, let's talk about King James. He's the one that God chose to interpret the Bible. Now, King James, the Bible, in 1580 it came out, and the King James Version from, from uh, Greek, Latin, into the English version of the King James was in 1611. And so now King James version of the Bible is the most popular version of the Bible in the history of Bibles, King James. Now, let's look at King James. All right, now, look, you guys, I didn't write this. King James wrote to his council, and he said that I... was a lover of a Frenchman called Ismail Stewart for 14 years. This is King James now. He was gay. He didn't deny it. And then he, uh, George Valor, the Duke of Buckingham, was King James' lover for life. King James loved the Duke so much that when he wrote to his council, and you go look this up, he said that I am not a man or an angel. I'm sorry. He said I'm not, not, not a god, nor am I an angel. He said I am a man, and I love as a man. And he said to the world and that um, I, I, what does he say? I most surely love the Duke of Earl more than any other love I have ever known. This is King James admitting that he was gay and talking, that's almost like they wouldn't found the guy's address and stuff. All oh, this is recorded. So everything I'm telling you, you can go and research and find this. This is recorded history. And so then Looking and opening up the King James Version of the Bible, now we're going to get to see how the gay communities have been demonized, just have been treated almost less than human beings for many generations. And it's two stories that comes up. In Leviticus 20, chapter 20, 13, and that's the one that talked about man sleeping with a man like he does as if he was with a woman. It's an abomination. And that's the first story of how we got here, start to demonize uh, the gay community uh, with the King James Version of the Bible. I'm just telling you, that that's what had happened. I didn't write it there. And, and then the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so let's look at this story, Sodom and Gomorrah. 
and how we got here, how, how it was called an abomination. And so the gay community had to live with the fact that their lives is an abomination to God, according to the King James Version of the Bible. Then you go into this story, Sodom and Gomorrah. And for the sake of time, I'm going to have to kind of ease through these stories here. Now, under Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, there's a story of Lot. Lot, uh, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, uh, God had already warned him that he's going to destroy the, 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 the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he sent two angels. Two angels came in the city, and they're partying. You know, they all these guys just up and partying, drinking, and, and whoring around, and just sexing around. Just a bunch of sex maniacs in the street in this story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the two angels, they come and knock on Lot's door. Doom, 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 doom. Hey, he let them in, and then, oh, my God, those sex maniac, all those drunks out there on the street, they saw the two angels go into Lot's house. Oh, my God, now they want to tear the door down to get inside Lot's house, God's man's house. And they said to him, they said, well, ah, doom, 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 what do you want? Well, we want those two angels in there, those two fellows you got in there with them little fuzzy wings and shit all over them, and we want them. And what do you want with them? Well, we want to know them. Yeah, to know them back in, the, in, in, in those days, you know, we talking about they wanted to have sex with them. And these are all these drunk men and all these uh, sex addict men and just barbarians in the street. They're just screwing all in the street, laying all on the sidewalk and stuff, according to the story now. Then Lot says, <clears throat> well, look here. I can't let you have these two guys. And they said, well, no, send them out here. And that's, and go look at the story. I, I'm not the one that wrote this story now. This is God's man, Lot. And then Lot says, ah, <laughs> oh, man, you can't have these, these guys, but Here's my two virgin daughters. Take them and do as you please. <laughs> I mean, if this is not a sign that this is an allegory, then I don't know what else is. A man of God, Lot, chosen the man of God, says that he's going to send his daughters out there for you to do what? you want to do how in the world do you wrap your mind around see the you preachers you don't get into this part here you don't get in there and talk about what this part is and then um then god gave him some warning say hey lot you need to get you and your wife you need to get out of there just get the hell out okay so lot and this guy's got his wife, his two daughters, and they headed out. They, 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 they got up out of there. Now, how they was able to get through the streets and stuff, that's, that still has not been explained to me with all these men and running around and drunk and wanting a daughter. But I, I still, you know, I, I think about how in the world do you tell me a man going to send his two virgin daughters out in the streets with a bunch of maniacs, and you believe that? That's what I say, folks. Stick with me. We're going to get to the other end of this story. But 
Now, what happens is Lot, his wife, and his three daughters, they get out of the city. And then fire just started to bomb the city, just bombing the city. Then Lot's wife, you know, they weren't talking too much about her up until this point now. Lot's wife get out, and um, she turn around because God said, hey, don't look back. Don't look back. I mean, here it is. You're talking to God, and a couple of angels then showed up at your door, and you get out, and then you know the city is being bombed, and God told you not to turn around, and you you turn around, eh, and you turn to this. She turns to this pillar of salt. Wow, wow, salt. Out of all the shit that she could have turned into, she turned into salt. Not ashes and fire. No, you know. I mean, really, really, I didn't write this story. It's in the King James Version of the Bible, and this is why you don't like gay people. This is why you mistreated gay people, because all those homosexuals on the street wanted to sleep with a lot the men that went in there to the point that God destroyed the city because these homosexuals in there. And then they get up to the mountaintop. Old Lot said, oh, I don't want to go to the mountain. God said, no, go to the mountain. No, God, I don't want to go to the mountain. Well, I sent him up there anyway. So he go up there. So in the story, old, old Lot, I guess he's an old man now. You know, he's tired. He had to climb those hills. That ain't <laughs> going up in them cliffs and stuff. That's pretty tough on an old boy. So an old boy get up in the mountain, and this is another part of the story that, you know, I, I, I've listened to several preachers talk about this, and it just boggles my mind that uh, either they don't know or they do know and should be taken out in the woods and beat or whatever. So now check this out in this story. Now, you, he just destroyed the city because of the homosexuals and gays, Right? Follow the story. He just destroyed because all these men wanted to go sleep with those men in in Lot's house with the little feather wing, wings and stuff on their shoulders and stuff, right? You, you, you follow me, right? Now watch this. They get up there in the mountain, and what does Lot's daughter do? One of them start looking at old Pops. Old Pops laying over there. <coughs> now this is in your Bible now. I didn't write it in there. So the daughter decided to get old Pops drunk. Yeah, she went over there and got him drunk. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, please. I know some of you really believe this story, so I'm going to help you with the story if you just stay with me to the other side uh, of, the, of the show. But I just want you to get a look at the story of what this, these, these two stories are the stories that cause the gay community to suffer so much in the Muslim community, in the Christian community, in the Jewish community, and throughout the country. This is what the stories that cause, that, that gave people the permission to kill brutalize, to dehumanize other human beings because they didn't agree with their lifestyle. And so now, 
Old boy locked and got drunk. And guess what? His daughter rapes him. <laughs> this is God, man. This is the family that God got out of Sodom and Gomorrah, away from the gays now, away from homosexuality. He destroyed that. But then one of the daughters rapes him. Get him drunk. Get the old boy drunk. Boy passed out. He don't know nothing. And the next day or so, she go and tell her sister, hey, baby girl, look here. I got something to tell you. <laughs> what is it? I, you know, pops ain't so bad up there. You know, I, you know, we did a little thing last night. I mean, you can, this, this is the story now. So the second sister said, oh, yeah, really, huh? Old pops is like that. He got it like that. Old pop got it like that. So the second sister go up there. She gets pop drunk another day, a day or two later. You know, I, just, I don't know. They dragged him into the cave, you know. <laughs> and here's the thing about old pops now. This is a lot. He don't know nothing. Okay, give him a pass on the first daughter now. Okay, give him a pass on the first daughter that got him drunk. Yeah, hangover when he wake up the next morning and say, wow, yeah, I'm feeling kind of strange here. What happened? I don't know nothing. Pops don't know nothing. Second daughter gets him, and uh, they do their thing. She rapes him. Get him drunk. Rape. Today it would be called date rape. You know, if I did something like that, it would be called date rape. I mean, this is the story of the family that was chosen by God to get them out of Sodom and Gomorrah because of the gays and the homosexuals and destroyed it. And then he gets here and he's raped by both of his daughters. Folks, when Paul was telling you about allegories, he gave, they gave you signs that if the story is so freaking far out there, then just maybe it's an allegory. Maybe it's a metaphor. Maybe they're speaking in parables. And so what would be this, what is this a metaphor if this is a metaphor? But we have burned gay people alive behind this, lynched them, beat them unmercifully. Where the, even today, young teenagers and young people are destroying themselves because they can't be who they are and who they are in their hearts because we as a world and as a nation have condemned them because of Leviticus 20 and 13, the abomination, and this story, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and, and I, want to, I want you to stick with me here about something. And I'm going to go into this story, and I want you to remember King James talked about his lovers openly. And then he 
has the greatest interpretation of all Bibles, the King James Version. Did King James intend for these stories to be uh, interpreted? We're going to look at that. Because one of the reasons uh, when they moved the power from the eunuchs, that was the church coming in because they wanted people to reproduce. And because gays wasn't reproducing, they started to take the power away from them to inherit uh, estates from their lovers and their partners. So, King James, did he sanction that? There's no evidence that he did. There's no evidence that King James was with the church when the church decided that if they're not going to procreate, then they cannot have the power and the freedom to inherit land and to adopt children. Because the more you procreate, the more you bring into the church and the more money and power we get. So then they start to demonize the gay community. You see? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a musical break. And uh, th I, th this is kind of a cute little song I wrote and produced a few years ago. But I want to give us a break. And then we're going to come back on the other side. And then we're going to go through this. And I'm going to go through this and, and show you what the allegory that Paul and Jesus and, and, and Palm was talking about. So come back and visit me in just a second. This message is for all you fellas out there that's been bragging about how bad you are with the ladies. You bang banging the headboards, you're standing up in it, you're candy licking, and you think your bag of chips and all of that, even with your Viagra. I used to think the same way, but now I got another story for you fellas. Check this out. I'm sitting here, she's on my mind. I thought things were fine.
Thank you guys for hanging in with me. That, 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 look at that. that, that I, I know that's kind of a funny song. I, I wrote that song a couple years ago. Uh, another woman took my girl. I didn't say it happened, but I'm just seeing I wrote the song. But anyway, I got a text text message from someone that asked me that once, uh, just now, that once a man, once a man was castrated, did he now become attractive, attracted to men? Uh, that's a good question because Oftentimes, all of this happened in the biblical times now. This is during the time that the biblical story is supposed to be about. But many times, they were, it was done when they were very young, and the only pleasure that they were able to participate is homosexuality. And many times, they were first forced into those relationships. That's a good question. And, and another statement that, that I was leading to, when the church saw that the the gay community was gaining so much power and and uh, economic power and was not bringing more babies to the table, so to speak. That's when they start to cut away at, at that whole process. And that's when they start to demonize the, uh, the gay community. Now, let me go to something here. I want you to remember something that I said. Um, uh, yeah, I, I want you to remember something that I said. When you go back and you look at that story, this was the Greeks and the Romans, and, and this story of Leviticus and abomination and the story of, of um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And what Lot meant and this is ancient, these stories was already there for tens of thousands of years. So Lot is you and I. That is you and me, and we are in battle with our carnal mind and our spiritual mind. The male and the female, the male mind was always called the carnal mind, and it was called the male mind. Uh, and the uh, spiritual mind was called the female mind. And whether you are a man or a woman, when you are living in the carnal mind, and what this is talking about is that when your spiritual mind is not married, listen to the word, married to the conscious mind, then you start to live in a carnal mind, you act in a carnal mind, which means you are living in your lower, lower self-consciousness. Sodom and Gomorrah is part of the lower consciousness of who we are. We all live in Sodom and Gomorrah depends on the emotion that we are going through. The spiritual mind and the female consciousness that the ancients wrote about has to marry the carnal mind so that we can become into a higher level of consciousness in ourselves. So the, 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 all of the P 
people in the streets that's knocking on the door to get to the two males inside Lot's house. That's your house inside your head. That is the door that you closed to keep the demon voices from taking over your conscious self, and you are now living from the gonads down in a man, lower consciousness, and in the ovary of a woman. So the carnal mind and the physical are now in bed together. That's what it was talking about. And as long as you are function, functioning in a lower mind consciousness and living out your desires, it is about your desires taking over your way of being taking over the higher self, taking over the spirit of who you can be because you're no longer using the female spiritual emotional consciousness and you're only living in that lower mind self, your desires, your carnal mind. That is an abomination. That's what they were talking about. That is what the carnal mind and the physical mind is talking about. You see, your will is operated under your cardiovascular, which causes more blood to your consciousness, which allow you to ride to the higher spirit in you. But when you are functioning without that balance, and I want to show you something uh, about that, because when Lot uh, go in and was trying to get to, when they were trying to get to the daughters, the daughters is a higher spiritual idea and consciousness that is within you. This is why they were called virgin. It's the virgin thought that is, when, that is within you. And when the virgin thoughts that is within you come together with the father consciousness in you, then the daughters had slept with the father. It had nothing to do with two daughters. And like Jesus turned water into wine. And if you look at Lot uh, and you look at um, uh, Noah, when he came out of the, the boat, he got drunk. It's when you reach a level of consciousness, then you become drunk in the spirit of who you are. And once you reach that mountaintop, once you reach that higher level of consciousness, then the new mind that Jesus and all of them talked about. Now, the renewing of the mind. And once you have the renewing of the mind with the higher spirit reaches the carnal mind and the two come together in a marriage and begin to intercourse with each other and you give the children the new birth a new child, which is a new mindset. And the salt is that side of you, that spiritual side of you that's going to always look back in the past and think about the things that hurt you, the things that bothered you, the things that you enjoyed as being a drunk or being high or being a... Uh, promiscuous, but you're now moved away from that Sodom and Gomorrah. You've moved your thought process, and all these people in the streets, it's the voices in your head. 
that's knocking on you, that every time you think that you have broken through to another spiritual level, level, then something happens to you, then the voices in your head start knocking at your door and say, I don't want you to live like this. I want you to be a drunk. I want you to be a whore. I want you to be a anti-gay. It did, this is what the stories mean. This is why these are allegories. And we all experience this. And I want to show you something. You know, I, I, I didn't bring, I, I refused to bring a Bible here, so I wrote some things down. And for those, I, these are my, you know, I got my pretty man glasses on, but let me put on this reading man glasses. Because I thought it was very important to bring this up for those that want to challenge and go and, and look some of this stuff up and... Uh, and I want you guys to remember this. And I said this was an allegory. And this was in the Old Testament. And this we're treating gays like this because of these stories. And like I just explained to you, this is about you. This is about me. This is about the Sodom and Gomorrah inside of us. This is about when we are living at a lower level and not living up to our highest spiritual potential. And real quick, because the time is going out, this goes by quick. For those of you, look at Revelation 11 and 8. I want you to think about this. Revelation 11 and 8. Now, Paul already told you these things was allegories, Sodom and Gomorrah. I just told you an interpretation of what it is. Now, watch this. In Revelation 11 and 8, this is what it says. Dead bodies lay in the streets. Spiritually, they're called Sodom and Egypt. It had nothing to do with the city. Egypt itself means lower consciousness. That's not our ancient name for that city. That's Kemet. Egypt means a lower form of consciousness. And so to wrap this story up, people, we've all experienced this. We've all experienced the pain and the challenges. And it's like Lot had a veil. I mean, we're always looking through a veil. And we have walked up to the plate where we are having a difficult decision to make in our relationships on our jobs, in our home, with our kids, with our loved ones, with our lives. Where do I go from here? Questions that we have deep within ourselves. And then there's a battle that goes on in us. And we all want to do fleshy things. We want to go pick up that bottle of alcohol, that's Sodom and Gomorrah. We want to get high on opioids, that's Sodom and Gomorrah. We want to have sex to soothe ourselves. That's Sodom and Gomorrah. But when the two minds of higher consciousness, that level, that thing that's inside of you that says, I want the voices in my head to stop it, and you want to take control of it, that is when the mother, spiritual, emotional side, come together 
with the carnal side of you and you look at yourself and you look at your condition and you say, I'm going to walk away from this because I refuse to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. Ladies and gentlemen, I really thank you uh, a whole lot for me doing, help supporting me doing these shows of How Do We Get Here. Uh, the hour has gone by pretty fast. And if you have a show you want me to do, remember, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feeling. I'm not telling anybody to listen to me or believe anything I say. Go look it up. I just want you to be thought-provoking. I, mean, I want to be thought-provoking. And most of all, don't take these allegories literal and go out and mistreat other people. Remember, this is Larry Yakes. Ah, a nation can rise no higher than it elevates its woman. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.